Welcome to All About Data on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jory Heckman. Thanks for joining me this week on All About Data, a conversation with chief data officers and the people who are making data work better in government. On today's episode, we're talking about how the State Department is looking at artificial intelligence to streamline workloads around FOIA. That's the Freedom of Information Act. Here to talk about it is the State Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Global Information Services, Eric Stein. Eric, thanks for joining me. Before we get started here, just give our audience a little introduction about yourself and the role that you play at the State Department. In my job at the State Department, I oversee over a dozen program areas, FOIA being one of them. And one of the key parts of that is we oversee records management. We oversee uh, information access programs like FOIA. We prepare congressional documents for the department to produce. There's, so all these things together come down to how do we manage our records? And a big theme I think you'll hear from me today has to deal with records management, thinking about data in particular too now. And so on the one hand, my role here at state is pretty much defined by the legal mandates, the programs we have and so forth. In the tech committee, we are serving the chief FOIA officer counsel there. And the Chief FOIA Officer Council, of course, all the Chief FOIA Officers. I co-chair that committee with Michael Sarich from Veterans Affairs. And when we do work under the Tech Committee, we really coordinate everything through OIP and OGIS. What we do for the the Tech Committee is try to create government-wide discussions. What it's meant to do is create an environment focused on technology and FOIA where practitioners can come together, share problems, share best practices, and also kind of put their guard down and be like, maybe we don't understand something or we need to work on something. So it's about raising awareness. Let's give you a quick example. We had a session in the tech committee a couple of years ago on an AI 101 course. And that was important because people just assume everyone knows what artificial intelligence is. And it's so on the one hand, complicated, and on the other, kind of easier to understand if you break it down. Be like, all right, what is AI? Let's start there. <laughs> and, and then what's machine learning and what can you do? So the other thing I find fascinating in the tech side of the house on the technology committee is we hear a lot of assumptions that are inaccurate. I had a session similar to the one we're having now. It was a public-private group. And the opening line was, we know you can just search across all records in an agency, so why don't you just do that? And we only had 40 minutes budgeted, so I'm thinking, like, how am I going to, you know, so I'd let the person finish talking, not to be rude, but then it was figuring out, all right, when it was my turn, I said, we have to start with the premise. That's not the case in most agencies. And with all the new emerging technologies and tools in different places, if you're coming from a place where you think we just do a Google-like search across all records at every federal agency, that's just not where we're at. And that changed the whole discussion. So I think understanding where agencies really are, the chief FOIA officer reports really show a lot of good examples of that. And just going back to the tech committee, one of the things we recently did was uh, was a little exercise for a couple months. We went through all the chief FOIA officer reports that are published online and looked at the tech sections to see what are agencies doing so we could try to make connections of like who's doing what now, but also try to see what do we want to take on as a body. To that point about going deep in all those chief FOIA officer reports and you know understanding where all those pain points are, obviously every agency is going to be different, but I imagine there are some common threads there. Uh, what are some of those common pain points, especially on the technology side of things when it comes to processing what is a growing volume of FOIA requests seemingly every year. The themes we're seeing are just the increasing number of requests. That's one factor. If you look at request numbers are up. The growing volume of electronic records and data and actually inadequate tools to search and review those large volumes. Though that's, and we'll talk more about AI, I hope, in this time, a little bit machine learning. What we found is that there are tools in place that are being pushed to their limits and, and, and a lot of assumptions about how records are captured and stored and searched. And 
it's still very manual. So how do we understand that? Forgetting even AI for a second, do we have the right tools? Are they interoperable and so forth? Another big one is interagency collaboration can be a challenge from a technology perspective. That's not to say agencies don't get along or anything like that, but rather a lot is being done via email. It's not like we share, we all have the same IT tools to review and redact for case management and so forth. It's it's a lot of email. That's inefficient. Um, for those working with classified information, the national security community, do they have the right tools and enough employees to process this information? And what I mean here is, you know, as I'm coming to you from my basement right now, my house, it's a challenge to get people to go to the office right now. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I'm not, I'm pretty open-minded on the whole how telework has really helped keep case processing moving forward, but classified work still needs to be primarily done at work. And because of that, that's a balance. And how do we recruit and retain people if they maybe don't want to go to the office? And then just looking for shared solutions and best practices. Uh, so we were able to find sometimes an agency's had a problem and we're connecting those professionals together. I think the other thing I'd just close with is the tech committee has a series of working groups. Maybe you've seen our site and we have charters and scopes. I mean, so much is tied to technology now. We've scoped out what we're focusing on and we do a couple ad hoc projects and we do outreach to uh, different agencies, FOIA Advisory Council and others through different speaking events. You were saying that data is kind of a really major element of everything that's going on right now. Can you unpack that in a little bit more detail? You know, obviously data has been the lifeblood of a lot of what you guys do, but how is that more increasingly relevant now than it's ever been? So if you think about where we were, you know, 5, 10, 20 years ago and where we are now, I mean, 20 years ago, agencies weren't even probably emailing yet or just starting to. So we have this universe of paper records. For data, technology has been around for a while. And I don't think, I mean, it's really been the past 10 years or so, we started thinking about what are data standards for capturing records, metadata, and so forth. And then, you know, just, just speaking to what we've done at State, when we developed our current e-records archive, uh, which captures all of our state.gov email, has 3 billion records in it. We developed it in such a way that the data standards are in place so we could use that data down the road. And I think a lot of agencies probably have Outlook and different email tools, Google Suite, whatnot, but they may not have a central archive where they can kind of search across the same way we can here at State. And so we took advantage of creating a records platform on our unclassified, one of our classified networks that would have interoperability with other tools, including our FOIA tool, and to think about potential machine learning and um, AI use down the road. Fast forward from when we created that system about maybe like five or six years now, we're now just starting to see what we can do. In our chief FOIA officer report, pages 19 to 21, we talk about the machine learning AI work that we've been doing in our D-class program. And that's only possible because we put that thought into the records. So these aren't quick fixes. They're major sea changes. <laughs> and, and I think the mandates from OMB and NARA to manage records played key roles in that. We took that very seriously. We've complied with those requirements. And now getting out of compliance, we could actually do like fun forward-leaning thinking of how can we if we have the records and information, how do we now use technology in more advanced ways to get responses to the public or whoever our customers are? One other thing on data, uh, there's a lot of push right now. You know, we work with our chief data officer very closely. You may see like there's chief information officers, chief data officers, folks like myself who do the, the information records management case and, and the, the requests that come in. I think it, it, having relationships among those different offices is important uh, and every agency set up a little differently. So they're not always, those relationships are sometimes closer uh, than not. And so just start to understand the role of these different senior officials and their staff and the teams that work together is important. Well, I know Matthew Gravis and the whole Center for Analytics team is uh, one, rapidly growing, and two, 
in very high demand. So great to see that those linkages are happening there. Obviously, you know, the AI and the machine learning, it is very exciting. There's a lot of opportunities there. I think there's a lot of excitement there. But, you know, I think to your opening points here, there is a lot of variance in what people understand AI to be. You know, I know that the council recently had their technology showcase, I think, to kind of maybe educate some people on what is just out there, the art of the possible. In terms of that showcase and, and the education that happened there, what were kind of the goals coming into that and what are some next steps that you guys are hoping to uh, take from there? The tech showcase, um, we did it during the pandemic. So one of the concerns was that we need technology more than ever now. and we would not be able to get together physically, so let's do it virtually. Our goals, well, there were several. It wasn't just like one objective. We wanted to tie the public sector and the private sector, give them opportunity to collaborate. Breaking down some of those barriers and giving opportunity for government folks to listen to what the private sector can offer and also show, like, give an opportunity to the private sector to show. We followed an, an RFI-like process, request for information, and we had different areas, including AI and machine learning. Hey, show us what you can do. We also wanted to think about customer experience in, in the virtual online world. How do we improve the FOIA experience for, for everyone? I mean, just anyone visiting a site, requesters, and so forth. The other thing that happened at that time is one of the FOIA tools, FOIA Online, was announced that it was sunsetting. So you had about a couple dozen agencies that in the next year or two were going to be out without without technology. So the timing actually worked out quite well because we had hundreds of people attend each of the sessions. We wanted to have them in short digestible sessions. So they were we had 20, 25 minutes and we were strict about it. You can do, send your paper, we posted the videos online and the companies can come and share and answer questions. And the chat was awesome because I mean, again, this is people were putting all their questions in the chat. A lot of similar questions for each of the vendors, but the answers weren't always the same. So hopefully it was able to give people what they needed to, to figure out for their technology needs. And all of this is publicly available, which I think you know. So what's next? We're talking about, we don't want to do the same thing again, because that's not really interesting or probably helpful, but maybe looking at now, data, AI, machine learning, more advanced technologies, practical applications and uses. And a lot of what we do is driven by those challenges agencies face, and also interest in seeing what's out there. That was Eric Stein, the State Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Global Information Services. We're going to take a short break, but we'll continue our conversation when we return. I'm Jory Heckman, and you're listening to All About Data on Federal News Network. Data. We're speaking with Eric Stein, the State Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Global Information Services. We're talking about kind of the, the opportunities and I guess some of the anxieties around AI. And I think this is something that is being dealt with kind of at all levels of government here. But in terms of standards, the baselines of what, one, we're even talking about when it comes to AI, and two, you know, the, the standards of, you know, how well it works, how reliable it is, what it's capable of doing. That's kind of a, an emerging field in government, and I imagine that's also the case in the FOIA field. Can you tell me a little bit more about how kind of the standards are being set there, you know, what the talks are like at this point? I think it's uneven across agencies right now. Um, a couple of years ago, as I mentioned, we tried to just start introducing what is AI. And one of our members had a session AI 101 for FOIA professionals or something like that, where they came in, 
I think we have to do that session again. I think people are afraid of AI and maybe, maybe they should be, maybe they shouldn't be. But my take is we'd like to get people comfortable with the concepts of AI and machine learning. I think that's probably the most important thing, getting people comfortable with the concepts of AI and machine learning, understanding what it is and isn't. Because I've seen a lot of really interesting technology examples where people are like, well, we'll just have AI do it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Again, going back to like, if you don't have the underlying data sets and records, if you don't understand. So getting people comfortable with the concepts. The next is looking at records and records include data. It includes the records themselves and, and the information and everything in between all the iterations th thereafter um, and understanding what do you have and what would you need moving forward? I think this gets to your standard questions. I think we're just now at that point having that discussion. I think there are other councils outside of the FOIA community looking at this. You have the Chief Data Officers Council. You have a couple AI bodies in the government looking at this. But for us right now, I mean, it, the challenge of a lot of agencies, especially if you have diverse record types, is one size won't fit all. You're going to have to have several different solutions. For example, if you're an agency that gets thousands of requests annually for a specific form, you may not even need AI machine learning. You may just need a simple tool or an application that could redact certain boxes or things that have like social security numbers or privacy information or you know, things that you know legally should be withheld appropriately. But if then if you're getting into like emails or record types that have more of like narrative, one of the things we're seeing is it gets a little harder because you have to go through it so carefully to see who whose information's involved. And on the one hand, I think it's a positive thing. Agencies share information a lot better. I think, you know, 20 years ago, one of the goals, agencies need to improve information sharing. I think they have, but that's going to make it harder, not just to do FOIA work, but to also train a model AI and so forth moving forward. So I think there's a lot of potential and to understand that the, there may not be a one size fits all approach, but there could be like several different shared solutions and then finding a way maybe for agencies to leverage the shared opportunities. Uh, we looked at like GSA schedules or other areas where acquisition of technology and interoperability will be important. Yeah. And I think you really drive home a really important point here of, you know, how this is a valuable potential tool in the toolkit here, but this is not a silver bullet solution, a magic wand that, you know, solves all of everyone's FOIA problems here. Can can you just maybe specify a little bit of like where you see the low hanging fruit in terms of AI, like where, you know, agencies can really kind of see this uh, be a valuable tool, recognizing that it is good for some things, but not going to be this, you know, cure all for every FOIA problem that's out there. Yeah, I think initially there are a couple of use cases, and I can, I'll be happy to just even share. We're piloting some of these at state right now. We're looking at, we have, and it's a pilot with the Center for Analytics and Matthew Gravis's team. We work very closely together, and it's a terrific partnership. In the areas of searching for what's been released to the public already, and also searching for records in those areas where we have consolidated records. And I'll give you an example. What we're trying to look into, if it's possible, and this again, it, we're seeing what's possible right now. I don't want to oversell like we've found a solution. But if we can look at everything we've ever released before and create an experience where someone comes to our site, places a request, or wants to have a more user-friendly interface, and in that, behind the scenes, search and make connections. Maybe right now it's more like you do a search and looks for the key term or this or that, but making more sophisticated <laughs> connections among information, it might give you what you need, or at least help to scope your request in a way, because we do want to get information to people as quickly as possible. So a lot of requests are very broad. So one isn't seeing what's already out there and helping to see if that information 
exists. The other is in searching the information we have. For example, if you look for a very specific term and you get a result, well, yeah, but if that term has the same letters in it as other words, you know, you can end up getting like a million potentially responsive records when really, you know, you, you wanted a very narrow specific thing. So maybe people colloquially use a different term for something. The AI machine learning tool could help these capabilities narrow those results to get more timely responses. So that's where we're starting now. So I'm not sure there is low hanging fruit, but I think it's it's kind of dipping our toes in the water and not being afraid to try to use the technology. On the redaction front, I think that's going to be a lot more complicated. And that's going to be complicated because you have the nine exemptions, you have myriad laws that are also uh, you have to take into account and it's possible. But what we were able to do successfully here at State was that with the D-Class pilot, now a project that we have, we took a few years worth of human review and trained a model to be as accurate as those people were 97 to 99% of the time. That cut off half a year worth of work. And then the other half, it goes into declassify, exempt, or just like a human, I don't know. So I think the, the themes would be to, to get people socialized and comfortable with AI, to look for ways that agencies where, whether it's technology or AI or machine learning or technology, where they want, what, what data sets they have that are useful, and then figuring out what opportunities and sharing lessons learned. I think some pe- we're going to fail at some of this work. And that's okay, in my opinion, as long as we learn from it and we can save time by sharing, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Which is also why we're so proud of the machine learning pilot that did work, because we're sharing this work with other agencies. We, we've shared it with other public groups that, that have um, relationships with us, the Historical Advisory Committee, uh, the PIDIB. We, we've shared these things to say, you know, there's a lot out there about what agencies are or are not doing, but some are, we're actually trying real hard and we are trying to work together. Okay. Well, as far as those lessons learned, you know, it occurs to me that the State Department, uh, in terms of the number of FOIA requests agencies get, they're pretty high up there. In terms of the lessons learned that you guys have learned at the State Department, you know, what are some success stories of what you guys have done to, you know, address that caseload of cases coming in every year? And what are you guys looking to do in terms of that going forward? It comes down to people, process and technology. And we really have hired a whole new leadership team and a whole bunch of new employees as well. Without our current tech, we wouldn't have been able to process over 9,000 cases the last two years. And we're, we're receiving more cases the past two years as well, which is interesting because we're, you know, pandemic, you know, we have a backlog, we're working on it. Um, and part of it is we need to be able to um, look at how do we reduce our backlog, but that's not enough. We want to, we're making longer term plans to really figure out how do we keep up with incoming requests and technology is going to play a key role there. So it's almost like, uh, you have two different fronts we're always fighting on. We are going to have a, the backlog. It's going to take a lot of work. And then we want to keep up with requests. If we go all in on one, it, we won't succeed in the other. So we need to address both at the same time. Uh, we've hired a lot of new talent. Uh, and part of it is getting people interested in doing FOIA work. And, and I, I think in records management and transparency are wonderful. I think they're terrific things. Um, and, and to recruit people who are interested in this work, um, we're seeing some new energy, some new ideas. We've used tools like Handshake to post our vacancies. I didn't even know what Handshake was a couple of years ago. And then we started posting these and we saw the number of people applying to jobs just go through the roof. And we posted them, everyone, all 1,200 plus colleges, all this. And, and I think that helps to recruit a broader, more diverse applicant pool. And we can say you're working here in Char- uh, here in Washington or in Charleston. So we talked already about the AI and D-class stuff. So I will focus now on, uh, we recently launched a new online request tool last month 
Um, there's a soft launch for it. And um, we're rethinking our online experience to help people find information they want. Just one thing I'd follow up here, Eric, on is just the new online request platform you mentioned. Just in terms of the new bells and whistles there, how is this a new, better platform compared to what was previously around? And again, going back to that customer experience side of things, you know, how does it deliver that better customer experience? It's a, a step in the right direction. And what I mean by that is you can create your own um, account now and you can track your own requests. You can... Um, from a customer experience perspective, our calls that come into our FOIA requester center are usually, where's my request? How long is it gonna be? But, but everything we do now, you check online. So why can't you check the status of your request online? So I think it's a step in the right direction. Is it where we're going long, long-term? Well, those plans are still being finalized, but I think that it's helpful to, to instead of having to send a manual email or to make a phone call, just be able to check online, that's a step in the right direction. I also think it, it, we're looking at as we make releases to requesters through PAL now, making sure that that folds into our release to one, release to all approach that we've had for years. So in terms of thinking about what's next, these things don't happen overnight, these changes. So I think this will probably have this tool in place, you know, at least another couple of years as we plan, go through, you know, budgeting and, and so forth to look at what's the new model. And I think going back to the tech committee for a second, moving from state, I think we'd like to really look at what are some of these innovative platforms we could use across the government to help provide better service. You've seen connections to FOIA.gov, you know, the national, the national requester portal that we you know that agencies can receive requests from. I think looking at different ways to get the resources to support them. The Technology Modernization Fund, the tech committee has talked about that recently as a way to look at collaborative interagency platforms, um, in particular in those agencies where, you know, FOIA is uh, maybe not resourced the way that they'd ideally like it to be. So uh, maybe a couple agencies could come together, think, think in a different way, in new ways, not just one agency working on it, but several agencies together, especially those that have high volume of requests um, and where we could really see some efficiencies through a shared platform and ways to manage information well and, and securely too, you know, taking into consideration you know, your cyber and all types of other issues or threats that are always their issue as well when you're moving information. Okay, quick follow up on that. Have you guys submitted a formal proposal to the TMF? Have you guys reached out to the board at all? Uh, no, but so it goes back to the theme kind of like, where do we start? And we start with socializing. Uh, so for, uh, a couple months ago, we, we had a, one of our meetings, the uh, tech committee meetings that we have, are you aware of the technology modernization fund? And some were and some weren't. My point is there's a lot of really good opportunities out there. And I think if anything, raising awareness and sharing information and creating ways for people to connect is important. It's actually probably one of the biggest parts of my own leadership style is that connection. That was Eric Stein, the State Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for the Office of Global Information Services. You can find more data coverage as well as more episodes of All About Data on federalnewsnetwork.com. I'm Jory Heckman, and thanks for listening to this episode of All About Data. Thanks for listening to All About Data on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime in your favorite podcast app. Search for All About Data on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your shows.